are holding up the bypass. Oh, me and my dad having a top laugh. Oh, oh, I'm sitting on the toolbox. Oh, and I'm so glad I'm not in school bus. So glad I'm not in school. Said I'm Luke on five and my dad's Bruce Lee. Drives me round in his JCB. I'm Luke on five and my dad's Bruce Lee. Drives me round in his JCB. I'm Luke on five and my dad's Bruce Lee. Drives me round in his JCB. I'm Luke on five and my dad's Bruce Lee. Drives me round and we're holding up the bypass. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is Tuesday, the 21st of February. It's half past seven. Thank you all for listening. Um, Join me this week, we have Alfie, Mia, and for the first time, Rufus. Um, we're going to be talking about Sturgeon's resignation, talking about what's going on in the Labour Party, and then Alfie's going to do a bit of a global affairs roundup for us. Perfect. So, yeah, see you all soon. Get started. I just thought we'd do a little um, sort of welcome. Welcome to Rufus in A3. Let's say hello, Rufus. Hello, guys. Hello. Uh, is it your first time on Bry Radio? Yes, this is my first time on Bry Radio. Fantastic. Good to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on. Rufus is going to be sort of delving into a bit of our first topic because, as ever, as always seems the case, we can go through the term and things happen and things happen, but the big stuff happens when we're away on the holiday. And once again, we had half term last week. We've come back. And there have been some mm. three big developments that we'll try and uh, delve into across the evening. The first, of course, is what's been happening north of the border. Then we're looking at Starmer and Corbyn Labour Party, and then uh, some more developments as regards the uh, Northern Ireland Protocol. But this first thing we've got going on is Sturgeon's resignation. So I was wondering if someone could just remind me about devolution and Holyrood and the SNP and what's been going on there, please. Um, okay. Uh, so um, the SNP are like the main party in Holyrood, which is a Scottish Parliament, um, and it's a like a devolved power that Scotland have, and a devolved power is power which um, was centralised in um, Westminster that has been given to Scotland, and it's also been given to like Northern Ireland and Wales. But Nicola Sturgeon was <laughs> leader of the SNP, and now she's not. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so her um, her, res- her resignation was obviously a bit of a shock to the Scottish people, um, but I feel like I per- I'm a- I personally feel like it was a long time coming because she used to be um, she used to- I, d- I feel like everything was sort of getting on top of the, the cost of living crisis, um, obviously the gender reform in Scotland. And very, she had she had a she had a lot going against her in the last few years. It's quite, she's quite divisive in Scotland, and um, yeah. So her resignation, and there's no, I think the most worrying thing about her resignation is not so much the resignation, but the unclear nature of the succession, of who will become the new Scottish First Minister, and also that beacon of um, the beacon of Scottish independence 
it's basically out because obviously she treats it as West, West Parliament is sovereign, which means that all power within the UK um, is sovereign to Parliament, and she basically it's not there's there's no chance that Scotland will ever be independent again after a resignation. So that sort of marks the end of big claim there if there's no chance ever again well quite a few things to touch on to there um, hmm. but we sort of remind ourselves so Sturgeon's resigned she resigned as leader of the SNP the SNP of course have been in power at Holyrood for the last 16 years just about mm-hmm. uh, coming up in the summer uh, however they're also the third largest party at Westminster for the last eight years resigning as leader of the SNP also means Sturgeon's going to resign as, le- as first minister of Scotland as the individual in charge of running the mm. Scottish government. And she's a big figure in SNP, as Rufus has said, very charismatic, and independence has been that absolute champion cause that she wants. Mm. But there have been some things there that perhaps with SNP's holding government and perhaps some more sort of more recent trigger factors, which means that it was time for Sturgeon to, le- to leave. And, you know, she had enough, as she said. Um, Alfie, anything perhaps on... The SNP's record in government a little bit about perhaps maybe, I don't know, the ferries, healthcare, education, that sort of stuff? Um, well, that's been very um, successful in quite quite major areas. We could take the ferry example, for example, where they were meant to have two new ferries, I think it was a couple of years ago now, um, delivered. And they're going to have one this year, I think. But essentially, they've got way of a budget with it. And um, there's all these places, there's so many islands off of Scotland, it, they really need these ferries. And it's just small mistakes like this that have built up over time that have made the SNP not extremely strong for Scotland. Um, I mean, you can see now, even with the SNP crumbling because of Sturgeon's leaving, um, Labour's managed to make big gains from that. Uh, so you can see how unstable it was from the beginning. I think Labour's going to make big gains everywhere, not just oh, Scotland. Yeah. Before this up, before these upcoming elections, yeah, I mean no. Starmer's popularity is already growing because um, everybody just doesn't like Sunak. Mm. So yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Lots going on there. I'm talking more about Labour and sort of Labour being fairly ascendant in a moment. <laughs> so what was it that perhaps you know prompted this resignation, this particular trigger factor at this moment? I mean, it feels like she just. I mean, didn't you just say that, you know, she was burnt <coughs> out? She had nothing left to do. You know, it was t- her time to move on. She'd been campaigning for, for so long office. For so long. Yeah. And she'd gotten nowhere with it. They did one independence referendum in, like, was it 2014? 2014, 2014, yeah. And the, it was, it was like, loads of people said no. Yeah. I can't remember the exact percentages, <laughs> but it was pretty landslide that, no, like, nobody wanted to leave. And mm. now, even though everything switched up, there's no way of her even, like, getting, no. like, anywhere close to it because of the the power that Westminster exactly. hold because it's a resolved power, not a devolved yeah. power. I yeah. think that um, if Westminster had had given Scotland the chance for another referendum, I personally think it would be very much in the side of independence at this current point in time, purely, especially because of the knock-on effect, effect of uh, Brexit. Yeah, so it, it, would, it would for mm-hmm. sure be... Like, yeah. you know. But I don't think it's going to be another one for a while, even if mm. it gets to that, you know. Yeah. It feels undemocratic to just keep on doing a referendum until you get the result you want. I don't even know if the okay. world would even see Scotland as, like, 
even if they if like if if they ever mm. left, and even if the world would see Scotland as like its own independent state because it's been part of the UK for so long. Yeah, exactly. Well, if it was in the you know it was a, a member state of the EU, which the SNP have long been campaigning for this. You mm. know, they want to be part of the EU. They want to hive off from the rest of the UK, and they'd be quite happily, I believe, seeing themselves as a lesser power, but within the you know within the European Union. Yeah, they'd be fine with that. So Sturgeon was talking about this de facto referendum. So the next. Westminster or Hollywood election is going to be an in practice, in an, an in practice referendum on Scottish independence. Mm. Why was it she wanted that? Independence for Scotland. No, to, 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 why was she going to try and treat one of these elections as an in practice referendum? Why couldn't she get one a referendum, second one? We had one nine well, years ago. Can't we have another one now? Well, I feel like it just wouldn't make much sense to do another one, you know, if people are given their results to a referendum. It's like the EU referendum and people want to hold another one. Mm. I can completely see why people want to, but you can't just keep on holding a referendum because a certain pe- amount of people want to. That doesn't feel mm. very democratic at its core, yeah. you know, to keep on holding referendums because people want to vote again. <laughs> and on the same issue, just keep voting until you get yeah, the results exactly. that you actually want. <laughs> this sort of change of public yeah. opinion. And you might always get that sort of quiet majority, possibly. You just... Mm happy with the way things are yeah i'm just looking at some of the things um out in the papers today and you know you know as usual there's you know polls have been done and 37 percent of the scottish electorate believe that sturgeon has made scotland a worse place to live when she took over as leader and first minister in 2014 mm. um naturally 70 percent of snp supporters but that's what i find a bit low actually is 70 percent of snp supporters believe she's done a, she has done a good job Wow. Which means a third of her of her own voters don't big. back her. Yeah. So the stats are there. When we really look at it a bit more depth, she was not as popular as she once was. She had mm. been, as Rufus said earlier, this charismatic driver yeah. of independence, the face of independence, a big beast. Somebody who outlasted several prime ministers, Cameron mm. May, Johnson... Trust and now on to Sumac. She's yeah. been around for some time. Uh, years yeah. wise. I mean, Primus is wise, that's a lot, but years wise. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do see our earlier shows and do have a, yeah. have a listen I mean, back. I feel like, to the autumn. from an outsider's perspective, mm. and with all the issues like the drug problems that haven't resolved, the ferry issue, like stated earlier, healthcare, mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like if I was living in Scotland, she's just been spending too much time on big picture stuff, like wanting to join the EU and having mm-hmm. independence yeah. and not focusing and not on what Scotland is at the, the day to day. It's yeah. giving like mm-hmm. the same as Boris when he was like, oh, let's, oh, because oh, like, he got like, he was really popular because he was just talking about like getting Brexit done and yeah. stuff. It's like, surgeon being like, oh my gosh, let's, yeah. let's, um, astute point me, I like it. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Level five um, AO2. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, he was like, oh, get rights done. And then she's mm. like, oh, let's leave. Let's leave the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so something that I think is worthwhile doing here. You know, we, we've got, we thinking about women in politics, are there perhaps some comparables we could make to the likes of Adern in New Zealand, mm-hmm. possibly Merkel in Germany? Can we make any comparables to trust, perhaps? These mm. possible big figures, mm. very capital individuals, who have recently resigned. Any comparisons we might want to make there, perhaps? Definitely New Zealand. I feel like it's similar where, um, you know, it was, you know, I'm tired, nothing left in the tank was her actual quote. And then, you know, resigned. I mean, she made it all the way through COVID with some of the best statistics out of any country, New Zealand. Um, And then I guess Sturgeon, you know, been trying for so long to gain independence. And then similar thing where she's like, that's it, I'm done. It sounds like it's from an episode of The Thick of It, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I, um, 
She kind of reminds. She kind of reminds me like the, I don't know if this is gonna like swing well, but like a little <laughs> bit like like Maggie. Like yeah. Maggie she she died for so yeah, long. I see what you like, mean. Like nobody, no, no other like mm. minister has ever tried for that long, and like mm. Margaret was yeah. very like yeah. iron fist and. It's it's definitely not the same. It's not completely the same, but no, you know, that's, she that's really she did not give up for ages. You know, yeah. I feel like I almost feel like this was well deserved. That for her, to she needs leave. a vacation. Yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> that girl needs a vacation. Yeah, and it's also like when you think of um, English, well, British politics in the eighties, you think of Thatcher, Thatcherism, mm. and when you think when you well the past eight years, when you've thought of Scotland and Scottish Scottish politics, you would think of Nicola yeah. Sturgeon. She's yeah, like exactly. The, She's she's made like a name for herself. Like when she um when she she travelled to um that one place. Oh, she travelled to like oh. COP twenty six, didn't she? Oh, to Glasgow. No. She no, went she goes to the EU Parliament or something. Yeah, I she, think the day after the Brexit vote. Yeah, and nobody yeah. just talked to her. And they said, no, we're her. not talking yeah, to her. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's that was only two years in as first minister. And mm. since then, she's built herself as someone to be recognised oh, with. That's true. And going forward, you know, things that are moved in the press are mm-hmm. some sort of UN ambassador sort of role, possibly, is something that the likes yeah. of Surgeon they might, she might end up in. She won't give up campaign for independence, I don't no, believe. I think she's still an MSP. So. Still an MSP, she'll still yeah. do that. But not being in front bench politics for some time, hmm. it's, it can be a good thing. And then reassessing what it is that these great individuals, because I believe you know, Sturgeon is somebody of, of note in our time, she might achieve more. Yeah. Mm. Good or bad depends on your perspective, of course. But it leaves a bit of a power vacuum there. So I think it's something that we're not going to touch on too much now mm-hmm. because it will be, we, know, we know there are a few candidates, but yeah. it will play out over the next fortnight and we'll talk more in week nine and then hopefully again in week 11. We won't have an announcement just yet, so we'll have to come back after Easter yeah. and we know who the new leader of <laughs> Scotland is and um, yeah, and how their record has been over the first few weeks. Yeah, um, exactly. yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much to Rufus. Thank you for coming on, Rufus. Thank you. Had an amazing time. First time by radio. Brilliant, good stuff. Good to have new people on as always. I hope all of our A3s are listening as ever and <laughs> are going to pass on their congratulations and well done to you very shortly. But yeah, uh, we'll play our first song and then uh, back to talk about Starmer and Labour. Thank you. You had it all And now you threw it all away You had control But now I'm taking that away it's all a game And I'm the winner with the prize I've got my soul I've got my love, I've got my life And nothing feels the same tonight But something has to change I'm not just someone else's girl
Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for listening this evening. It is Tuesday, the 21st of February. Uh, our next topic, our next sort of uh, segue in, we just mentioned it earlier about Labour being a bit ascendant, things are happening there. But there was big news regarding Labour mm-hmm. over half term that we need to address, and that is Starmer and Cormer. Cormer? Cormer. Corbyn. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here, listeners. You heard it here. We are not talking about the North London Curry House uh, deal of 1994. I apologise. It's, um, I was about to say Starbin then. Yeah. It's Starbin. only Tuesday. Oh, it's oh, only man. Tuesday. Alfie, what's happened? Help okay. me out. Well, <laughs> Corbin and Starman over here. Um, <laughs> okay, so we, we had uh, Jeremy Corbin, who has been in Labour. I think he's been... Um, I think he's been heading his constituent for 48 years, is it? Mm. Really long a time. A while. Yeah, yeah. so like that, yeah. Four decades at least. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and essentially Keir Starmer has kicked him out um, due to his anti-Semitism. Um, that's been quite a lot seen, um, especially in like 2019 when he was headed, uh, last head of the Labour Party. Um, Starmer's finally had Ooh. enough. He's now going to run as an independent um, he'll probably have quite a big following considering the last uh, election in constituencies he had a majority of 29,000 people um, so he's definitely still popular um, and he'll probably still be a pain in the backside of the Labour Party and Keir Starmer himself the, Was he the person who was really rude to a Muslim woman? No. And there's a few of those Yeah, sadly. There is, sadly yeah. Really sad. But no, it's um, mainly anti-Semitism which is yeah, It was the juice. bugbear with um, Ken Livingstone making mm. some comments when Starmer when Corbyn was leader and it wasn't very well addressed. And yes, there's been yeah. things other parties, but we have to focus on this. It wasn't very well addressed no. at all. Uh, one of those dangers there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corbyn wasn't a strong enough leader. No. He was booted out, of course, after 2019. Starmer comes very in. And, and Starmer says, right, we've got to do this properly. And, you know, no, 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 you just speculate there, but Corbyn, it's anti-Semitism sort of thing. It's not gone away. Corbyn was kicked out of the party, so he's still an MP. Yeah. But he's not a member of the Labour Party, so he's not part of the official opposition exactly. party. He stands as an independent mm. uh, MP on the opposition side, and he still remains quite popular in his constituency. Yeah. And that big majority, is that a personal mandate, or is it one for the party? And what are the dangers of standing in an election as an independent candidate for an individual? Well, it's rather it's hard to get anywhere past just being elected as an MP, if you want to be an official or anything, then, you know, you you falter in that. Because if you're independent, it means that you can't become anything within the party itself. You know, for example, in the council elections and everything like that, it'll have to be the um, executive commission for Labour that does all that now, um, mm-hmm. due to the fact that he's an independent. Yeah. But could, could Corbyn beat a Labour candidate? 
Oh, do west yeah. and north. You, they, you, you could. So it's Jeremy Corbyn against a Labour candidate in Islington, and Islington votes <laughs> Labour. That's what they do. Yeah. North. So the question is, do we think that Corbyn is a? Because normally independent candidates, they come up at by elections quite a lot. Yes. They come they up in general elections as mm. well. Do they win independence? Mm. We've early. not had one, I think. Listeners, if you're if you know better, I'm of the view I don't think we've had an independent candidate at a general election yeah. elected since two thousand five. Who was that? I can't recall. That's how significant no, they were. So in us, um, I think a, it was somebody uh, for Bethnal Green and Bow, maybe of the whole of the UK, and there was no grey. Yeah. No well, no that's, yeah. the, that's the thing though. Corbyn, Green. he's a, he's still a very big name. He still has mm-hmm. a lot of supporters. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's definitely a really really good move from Keir. Like, even if he didn't make any specific comments, he's very old Labour. Mm-hmm. Keir's definitely uh, edging towards oh, new, new Labour and Blairism. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why is what, what are old Labour and new Labour um, to our listeners? Okay, so we got old Labour. That's a bit more towards socialist ideals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, while um, new Labour, that's a bit more. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's a bit more. No, not nationalistic. Starmer talks with like the Union Jack behind his head a lot of the time. Oh, well, everyone's gonna have a bit of nationalism, but New Labour mainly is a is a lot more liberal. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, has a lot more liberal ideals. We see that with Tony Blair when he came into power, um, and of okay. course Starmer's going to want to do this because he needs all the votes he can get. And he, if he becomes a bit more liberal, um, yeah. unlike the old Labour views of Corbyn, which are a bit more socialist, then he can gain a lot of votes from the Tory Party, which is yeah. currently crumbling. And you know, if people oh, have any excuse to move, it's, then they will. It's about mm. occupying that centre mm. ground. Most people. Most of the electorate, most voters are in the centre ground of British politics. Exactly. If you can occupy the centre ground, yeah. you're probably going to win. That's what Starmer's trying to do, move his party mm-hmm. a little bit to the right. Yeah. Um, yeah. With Sturgeon resigning as well. Um, oh, here we go. He can definitely get some uh, followers from Scotland mm-hmm. now as well, mm-hmm. um, who will definitely start voting yeah. for Labour. Um, the Labour... Um, oh, I forgot who he's, who's he called chairman for Labour in Scotland. Cool. Um, but he had a good quote where he said that now's the time to pick Labour. Yeah. Um, you know. It seems as though we mentioned this back in the autumn. We we're talking about Starmer. What had what had he really done? Yeah. We look. We know we're now five months on from that conversation we had back exactly. in October. He is something now. Yeah. PMQs are increasingly focused on what oh, Starmer's yeah. doing. He's very popular in the opinion polls. Some opinion polls put Labour up above fifty yeah, percent. Now I, that's not going to turn out in practice how it's going to be. Mm-mm. But Sunak is worried. He's sort of studied that, mm-hmm. that that sort of slowed down that um, slide the Tories are currently on. But Labour remain about twenty percent, twenty percentage yeah. points ahead in the opinion polls. Yeah. And more so if the SNP is seen this week, which it will be, and not, there's nothing like a leadership election during the period when you're in government to divide a party. We no. saw that over the exactly. summer. Yeah. So the SNP are about to become a divided party. A divided yeah. party is a weak party. A weak party you're not going to vote for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But the SNP voters aren't going to suddenly switch away for the Conservatives. No. That's not, they're not interchangeable. Whereas the SNP, independence aside, is broadly a social democratic party, as is Labour in Scotland, mm-hmm. and therefore Labour can pick up more votes. Exactly. And Labour win at Westminster when they win Scotland. Exactly. You know, Labour wiped out the Tories in Scotland in 97 and in 2001. And there's still quite a big majority there as well. They've got quite a big standing there, don't they? They've got, yeah, there's a lot of there. The, but the not many MPs. No. Not many MPs. 
Um, it's not even the second largest party at Holyrood. No. But this is what could happen. So it's not as though these SNP votes are going to go down in Scotland towards the Conservatives. They might pick up some votes here or there. Yeah. But I think, you know, if the election were tomorrow, Labour are oh, going to yeah. win and they would win heavily in Scotland. And we mm. know that Labour can't win in Westminster without Scotland. They're not able to win the South yeah. of England as much. No. I mean, you do see Starmer trying his best to make gains. Like uh, I think mm-hmm. it was today, he had um, he went to um, the National Farmers Union and a few convention mm. and talked about the countryside and like all the benefits and was going to do for them. Um, you know, supporting local farmers, getting them back on the ground. So like, why is he doing that? Um, well, does, does do you genuinely think Starmer thinks he'll win rural southern England? What's he trying to not. do? Uh, well, he's definitely trying to sway some people. I there, think he's just trying to. Yeah. He's trying to show the conservatives that you know he can do he similar can policies. He's trying to, um, yeah. what's the word? Intimidate the conservatives mm-hmm. okay. um, because, like, if they knew, if they're mm-hmm. like, oh, he's talking to the farmers' union, or he could take, he could potentially take our biggest following. Yeah. I think it's more of a power play. So maybe it's that. I think you've made a, a very fair musical argument there. Mm. I might throw something out at the, at the group here. Is it to try and limit the Lib Dem vote? Could be as well, but was it ever particularly... Well, the Lib Dem vote... Lib Dems in the south of England. Lib Dems tend to be second place in rural southern England. Yeah. So if Starmer can try and win some of the people who are turning away from the Conservatives, possibly, or the Lib Dems down, he doesn't want the Lib Dems to to benefit. I feel like it's already probably... There's a lot going on. Starmer's getting it right. He must have a team behind him now. he's genius place. At long last... They're there. They're getting yeah. towards it. Now, yes, the election could be up to 22 months away. Quite unlikely. Yeah. You know, Sunak could call on earlier, but he won't. And he's, no, definitely at the not. moment, there's nowhere near. And Sunak's going to run out this clock and fail. And Starmer is now taking that lead. We yeah. last saw it, how I remember this, was David Cameron was treated a couple of years out from the election as though he was going to be Prime Minister soon. Yeah, you know, international, um, you know, other world leaders yeah. came, to, you know, to Downing Street to also go and see David Cameron. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, where that. things were going. Talking mm-hmm. to other leaders. That's uh, to me why I think Starmer's currently going. Mm-hmm. He's actually on a trajectory. We know more about his policies, more about who he is. Is he an effective leader? Yes, he is. Do people want to vote for him? Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. This is the Labour Party that we can back again mm-hmm. for the first time in well over a decade. Labour are doing well. Oh, yeah. And Starman's just got About it right. Time. He's got the timing well as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. He's played everything perfectly. He has indeed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else on Labour or Starmer or Corbyn? I've heard a couple of daring there. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see our next song. Uh, and then after this, we'll talk a bit more about other events going on around the world. See you soon. Tuesday. I'm looking tired and feeling quite sick I felt like there was something missing in my day-to-day life So I quickly opened the wardrobe Pulled out some jeans and a t-shirt that seemed clean
I'm seeing stars as I'm rubbing my eyes And I felt like there were two days missing As I focused on the time Then I made my way to the kitchen But I had to stop from the shock of what I found A room full of all of my friends all dancing round and round And I thought, hello, new shoes, bye-bye, blues Hey, I put some new shoes on Suddenly everything's right I said, hey, I put some new shoes on And everybody's smiling, it's so inviting Don't short on money, but long on time Slowly showing in the sweet sunshine And I'm running late and I don't need an excuse So wearing my brand new shoes Take me Wandering through these streets Where bright lights and angels meet Stone to stone they take me on I'm walking till the break of dawn Take me wandering through these streets Where bright lights and angels meet Stone to stone they take me on I'm walking till the break of dawn Hey, I put some new shoes on And suddenly everything is right Welcome back, welcome back. It is one minute past eight on Tuesday the 21st of February. Uh, we've spoken quite a bit about UK domestic politics. So our next thing is just about what's going on more globally. So what should we talk about first, please? There's been some big news over the last couple of days over in Ukraine as ever. We know about the, the, you know, the crisis, um, sadly, you know, worsening in Turkey and Syria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a bit about some NATO membership stuff possibly as well, if we have time. Audience, what should we start on? Um, I feel like Biden's visit to Ukraine is quite interesting. Uh, it's pretty out of the blue. Um, you know, you just see on the news, so he's on a train, secretly, no phones, no anything, yeah. heading down to Kiev. It was a little BBC alerts happening. Mm. So we think, I believe he was flying to, I want to say, Poland. Yes. Um, yeah. For, you know, it was, you know, it was green, then, it was yeah. all set up, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then in BBC News over in Kiev, you saw some little things popping up yeah, there, exactly. say, about 9.40. All the roads are closed. Yeah. They're expecting an important guest. Yeah. And then, you know, three minutes later, Joe Biden, president of the US, has arrived in Kiev, a city yeah. that very recently was being bombed by Russia. Yeah. Brave. Why? And this, what message does this send? Well, I mean, this probably isn't the main thing, but I feel like it's a great start to his re-election campaign. Okay. How so? <laughs> Well, so, like you know, all, all the the, the yeah. world politics stuff going on. Yeah. But let's go domestic US. Okay, here we go, Alfie. <laughs> well, I mean, about, is, okay, it, it, how does it boost his domestic campaign going forward? No, no, no. Let's go, yeah. Well, you may make your point first. Okay, Come on, well, here we go. Um, with America, he's been seen as quite a weak prime minister. Um, you know, everyone's saying that like, you know he's old, you know, sleepy Joe is 
the common title referred to him. But then you're seeing him being strong, you know, he strides out into like the center of Kiev with his aviators on, you know, and his like flashy American suit, little flag in the oh, corner. Oh, it's quite an image, you know, isn't it? He's got Bomber a speech jackets. saying about like, you know, the strength of the Ukrainian people match the strength of the American people and like how American arms will like solve their crisis. As you know, trains with M1A2 Abrams are flooding out of Poland towards them. Okay, so how does that look at home, first of all, to, 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 to the average American? It looks grand. They're like, oh my God, a president's quite strong and brave. He's not this sleepy man who's, you know, not really doing much. You know, he's going to a war zone to help people. Okay. <laughs> Is he going a bit late? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Keir Starmer's been there yeah. before Joe Biden. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Keir Starmer, um, listeners do text in, but I believe it was last Monday? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Something like that. Yeah. You know, Keir Starmer went over there before, the, you know, that's a bit annoying, isn't it? When the leader yeah. of the opposition. <laughs> but it shows, again, as earlier we said, Starmer's been treated as this potential new mm. world leader of sorts. But mm. Biden's there, he's a man of action, and he's in this war zone. Yeah. He's, he's a tough guy. Yeah. Mm. What's the message it sends to Ukrainians next? That I, America's on their side. Yeah. Yeah. That they're like that America who who's like a big global hegemon in mm. the world. Yeah. Um. They have they have like their support, and I think knowing that that like it will like um um. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word, not spur them on. Well, it kind of will spur them on, but you know, reassure them. It'll reassure them more. Mm-hmm. It will. I hope. Mm. Oh, definitely. Okay, and what about, please, the message to Russia and Putin? You should be scared. You should be scared, and however hard you, however many tanks you think you create, however many weapons you think you create, you, we are creating 10 times as more because we are a big country and we are supplying okay. Ukraine. With yeah. these arms. They have done. Is it a blank check, though? Relatively. Mm. Ukraine's going to have to owe a lot back to America, and that will yeah. happen when they begin rebuilding, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Are they? Oh, yeah, because America's obviously going to fund all the infrastructure and everything. Yeah, there'll be, be war loans and the yeah. rest. It's similar to what China does stuff. to other countries, like in Africa, mm. for example, like Yemen. Where, like, you Just know, forget about war loans. Stuff, yeah. mm. Okay, so this happens. Putin reacts. How has Putin reacted today? Oh, I know. <laughs> tell us more, Mia, tell us more. Um, he pulled out of this treaty with about a USA treaty about arms, nuclear arms, um, to make nuclear mm-hmm. arms. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he's prepping for the worst, I think. Yeah, this was the, uh, the New START treaty from 2010, in which both the USA and Russia agreed to limit their stockpile of nuclear weapons. I believe... Russia is just sort of a, you know, a few numbers ahead, but not many. I think it's a and couple now, thousand more. Yeah, yeah, and now Putin wants to increase them even more. Yep. Does well, it mean anything? Not really, I don't think so. Why not? Well, I mean, those numbers of the stockpiles are just numbers. We don't know how many of those are operational or even work, you know. It's very expensive to keep and maintain nuclear weapons. Most of these are probably from the 50s and 60s, uh, the height of the Cold War and the height of the atomic age. Um, And so, you know, if Putin starts to create new nuclear weapons, you wonder, are they really going to be good? Are they really going to get made? Are they just going to go into general's pockets or in their yachts? You know... Uh, I, I feel like it's more of an empty threat than anything, you know. I feel like he knows. Could be, that, you could know. be. Um, so what it's doing is it, you know, it limits the number of warheads that they have, nuclear armed warheads, mm-hmm. and submarines that can be deployed at any one time, capable of firing mm-hmm. 
I was wondering if possibly it could somehow, looking forward to the future about where other threats are to the current world order and to the US hegemony, as Mia was saying, does it actually possibly benefit the US? Ooh. I'm thinking about China here. Yeah. Because if China uh, is racing to wars, becoming a superpower, expanding yeah. its military force, it's a long-term mm. thing. It's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be short-term. It's nah. going to be medium-term. But China's a, grow, a growing and becoming a threat in some way. And if the US was limited by the New START treaty deal with Russia, then it couldn't increase their warheads. But now, could we possibly, we're speculating, I love to speculate in politics, it's great, could the US now also increase its number, its warheads to keep above what's happening in China? Possibly. Yeah. What, are, small war, what, what are warheads? What are warheads? Alfie? Uh, okay, so essentially a warhead is um, right at the tip of the missile most of the time, and that's where all the explosions happen. Um, so, you know, when something hits something, the warhead, usually if it's a nuclear missile, have a chain reaction with the atoms, which will oh, then cause it to explode. Um, most of the time it is timed. Um, and then the rest of the missile, if it's a ballistic missile, for example, then it's just the rest of it's just fuel and propellant because, you know, these things blast way up into the atmosphere and then come back down. Mm. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. so, big developments over in Ukraine. Something we also ought to mention as well, we've got a few minutes left. Is this, you know, exactly what's been going on in Turkey and Syria and maybe a little bit perhaps on what Bryanson's doing um, a little bit to try and help yeah. there as, uh-huh. as small as we can. Yeah, well, um, as you know, well, there was the earthquake. Yep. And um, the death toll is was really high. I can't remember that last time I checked, which was like about a long time ago. It was like 20,000. So it's probably much higher than that now, um, which is which is really devastating for the, the losses and their families as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we are very lucky that we're, we're in a place that we are. And we, to try and help... Um, we, as a school, have put together lots of blankets, lots of support bags, but mostly blankets because mm-hmm. loads of these people are left homeless. Absolutely. Um, cold, out on the streets. And yeah. either, although a blanket... Although a blanket's only small, you know... It, it will make a difference in... It will make a difference from as, as, like as, halfway as, as across the can. world. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I know the Red Cross doing a lot of good there as well. Yeah. If you perhaps want to donate, there's Definitely. more that could be done. But yeah, well done um, to the you know people of Bryanson for getting that one, that one right. Oh, I forgot the I forgot what the Turkish variant of Red Cross was called. It's got a different name. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Do, I yeah. would not know. I would not know. That's okay. Yeah. Right. Donate um, to both. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything else that we want to talk about for the rest of today's show? I think that's it. That's it. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think we're missing anything I'm significant. All, are we? I'm all politicked out. Fantastic, there we go. What a lovely evening, lovely evening it has been. Uh, we're back again in week nine at the same time, Tuesday at half past seven. That's two um, weeks. In, in a fortnight, absolutely, thank you, which will be in, is that, I'll be in March, not me, not quite. Yeah. Absolutely, will be, golly. And, March is and coming down soon. Yeah. Tune, in, tune in now for me and Alfie, because soon it'll be our exams, and we, yeah. won't, we won't be having yeah. time to come back. So that's really how it is, there's a, a limited number of Alfie and Mia politics shows yeah. left. So, um, which yeah. is going to be a very sad day, but well, be well, really well, well finished line is on the horizon. Oh, it will be. <laughs> yeah. on the high. But next time in week nine, um, it is Eco Week at Bryanston, and the Green Committee, I hope, uh, Mr. Reynolds is working on this. Uh, the Green Committee are going to come in again. They were in this time last year as well. 
Mm-hmm. How about all the green initiatives that are going on as well, for a little magazine segment towards the end of the show. But yeah, yeah um, thank you so much all for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a lovely evening as always. Bye for now. Goodbye. Goodbye.